Are you ready for this? We've got five baptisms lined up for this morning. My very first one here is Mr. Draven. So proud of him. And because, Draven, you, you have professed Jesus as your Savior, they are your witnesses here. You're going to profess this for everybody here at the church. But as you go down, that represents your old life. And you've accepted Christ and this new life in him as you come up out of the water as a profession to everybody around you. Jesus is Lord of my life, just like it's going to be for the next four. So we are so grateful for that. You're nervous. <laughs> I'm going to baptize you in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. They're coming back here. There you go. This <laughs> Miss Kayla Loker. Very proud of her and her walk with the Lord and what he means to her. And she understands the depth and the commitment that it takes to, to serve the Lord. And she wants to be baptized as well. And Kayla, I'm proud of you. Are you ready? Because of your profession of Jesus as your Savior, I baptize you in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Keep them coming. Anybody else out in the crowd, you need to be baptized, get in line up here. <laughs> Miss Bella, also very proud of you and the growth I've seen in you over the last couple of years and your commitment to Christ. And because of your profession, as Jesus as your Savior, I now baptize you in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. <laughs> amen, amen, amen. Mr. Donovan right here, Donovan Rayburn, rededicated his life to the Lord last Sunday, right in the middle of worship. We've been in contact a little bit this week, and he's just excited about what God's doing in his life and what he's going to see God do in the future as he gets on that path to serve the Lord, to commit his life to him. It's, it's the best thing that you could have done last week is re recommitting to him and, and making him Lord of your life. And I know he's got great plans for you. you. You may not know what it looks like right now, but God's in control of all of it. And I'm proud of you today. And because your profession in Jesus as your Savior, I baptize you in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Mr. Marvin Manahan awesome. recommitted his life to the Lord. <laughs> recommitted his life to the Lord a little over a month ago. I told you I'd fill it up. <laughs> That's all right. I'm proud of this man. I'm proud of where God's brought him from, what God's done in his life. Next week's his birthday. He talked about uh, my birthday's next week, and this is that new birth in Christ as I come out of the water just celebrating both of those things. I'm very proud of you and what God's done in your life and your commitment to Him. And I know you've seen it. God's faithful. He's faithful. So we're believing for great things in your life as you continue to follow Him and commit your life to Him. I baptize you in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. And 
while they sing this song and into the next song, I'm going to have these guys stand at the first step. If you want to come by and high five them, give them a pat on the back, fist bump them, let's do that as a church and celebrate what God's doing in their lives as they continue singing. You guys go ahead and make your way if you want to. You don't have to if you want to.
to do whatever you want to, to do whatever you want to, and I will make room for you, to do whatever you want to, to do whatever you press in for just one more minute here. Just tell God, whatever it is in my life, whatever's in my heart right now that may need to be cleared out for there to be more room for you, just clear that out right now, God. Whatever it is, whatever I'm struggling with, whatever my mind, whatever the enemy is feeding into me right now, Father, in the name of Jesus, we break those things off of the people in this room that are struggling, that are going through those things right now. Holy Spirit, have your way in this place. Change things in people's hearts and minds, Father, right now. Whatever you want to do in our lives, God, you do it as we're obedient to what you're telling us to do in this place right now in this moment. Father, we praise you. We thank you for who you are. You are a God that changes things. You are a God that that puts us in a different direction, that saves us through your son, Jesus. Father, we thank you for that right now. We thank you for you being in this place and you ministering to hearts and lives right now, God. two people you love them and mean it in Jesus name amen amen what a great 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 time in the Lord already in this place we thank God for moving and his presence being here And again, I can't thank you guys enough for letting God have those moments. We're on his schedule, not ours. I could could go our own way and do what we want to do, but that would kind of be pointless and not allow God to do what he wants to do. So we will continue to do that, and I'll follow him the best I can in those things. As always, our altar, as you can see, is always open if you're new to Orchardville Church. This is a place where you're free to come anytime you want to. Whenever God's moving on your heart, you find your way down here, grab somebody to come with you, and just let God do what he wants to do. I had a little bit of a, I don't know, something's been happening lately, uh, a a vision, I guess, last night. I wasn't sleeping. Just kind of closed my eyes for a minute and saw water everywhere. Water, 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 all over the place. And then I fixated on a crown floating in the water. 
I'm like, what in the world? There's a crown floating in the water. And I just feel like God revealed to me that that crown was the crown for the King of Kings and Lord of Lords, and it was a life preserver out there for everybody to grab a hold of that's struggling in life. You might feel like you're drowning in things right now, that, you, that you're suffocating, that you don't know when it's going to end, but God is letting you know that I have that life preserver for you in Jesus. And I want you to have it. I want you to grab a hold of it and let me help you through those things. Amen? Take it for what you will. I just try to follow what he's doing and, and figure it out and discern those things. But I enjoy being in the presence of the Lord. I enjoy fellowship with him, communicating with him, talking with him, and him talking to me. We need it. Amen? Uh, I'll give you just a quick update on me. If, for those of you that want to know, those of you that don't, that's fine. Uh, my health little thing going on that if you don't know, I got a cyst in my chest, right where my esophagus and my stomach meet, about two inches large. Uh, it's the same area that I had one five years ago and they took it out. He told us Thursday when we went over at Sarah Thursday, my days get mixed up. We went over there and he said, this never happens. I said, of course it doesn't. (laughs) He said, cysts don't come back like this in the exact same spot. I must not cauterized it enough last time. I don't know. I'm sorry you're back. Um, So we've got a plan, getting my gallbladder checked Wednesday just to make sure that's not where the pain comes from. And it's not a sharp pain. I'm not up here like, it's just a dull, annoying pain all the time, every day. So um, he wants to make sure and rule that out, but then I'm going to go back up there and schedule surgery for it uh, to get it removed. And there's a lot of details into that and how things could go with that. But if you want to talk to me about it after church, that's fine, because right now I want to focus on him and what he wants to do. And I know my faith... In him is bigger than anything that comes up against me. So I want you guys to know that. I'm not worried about it. I have faith in God that he will see me through whatever he wants to do. If he wants to take it out supernaturally right now while I'm standing here, fine. If I entrust the doctors to cut it out, fine. God's got me. Okay? Just continue praying for that situation and we'll give God glory in all of it. Choices. Week two. Choices. How many made good choices this week? Don't be lying. <laughs> Choices. We, we were in Hebrews. We're going to be there again. Chapter 11, verses 23 through 27 last week. We're going to stay there this week as we look at choices again. Uh, last week we talked about the choice that Moses' parents made. Moses's. I just talked to Carlin this week about them. Moses' parents. Moses's. What is that? His parents made... <laughs> In hiding him and saving him from death. We talked about that last week. We talked about as parents and and caretakers of our kids, we need to make the right choices for them as we're raising them. And and I talked about even if you don't have kids in the home or you don't have kids at all, that OC kids and modified youth, they are your kids if you're here at Orchardville Church. It's our responsibility as a whole to raise them up, train them up in the Lord. And while I'm talking about that, we have a baby blessing coming up because we got some babies in the church that need to be blessed. So that's coming up on April 24th. So if you have a baby that has not been part of a baby blessing um, here with us, it's April 24th. You can sign up for that at the welcome desk. See how I did that? Rolled it right in there. So this morning, as we're going through this passage again, I want to point out that, uh, that Moses also made a choice in this passage. Okay? The choice he made affected his future and for all the generations to come. He made a choice here. So back into Hebrews 11... 23 through 27, it was by faith that Moses' parents hid him for three months when he was born, 
They saw that God had given them an unusual child, and they were not afraid to disobey the king's command. All right here. It was by faith that Moses, when he grew up, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He chose to share the oppression of God's people instead of enjoying the fleeting pleasures of sin. He thought it was better to suffer for the sake of Christ than to own the treasures of Egypt, for he was looking ahead to his great reward. It was by faith that Moses left the land of Egypt, not fearing the king's anger. He kept right on going because he kept his eyes on the one who was invisible. He chose choices to endure ill treatment with the Hebrew slaves rather than to enjoy these great things but temporary luxuries of the Egyptian royal court. He chose to be oppressed. In this moment. And his attention was not on that moment right there. What am I going to lose out on? It was on his future reward in God. He understood that. He chose suffering for God because he was confident that everything God would bring him was going to be better than what Egypt offered him as a prince. He chose to identify with the people from whom the future Messiah would come. And he chose unpopularity that came with it. It's not a popular thing to be a Christian anymore. I don't know if it ever was, but it's not popular to be a Christian right now in today's world. We are looked at differently. Um, we are uh, persecuted, not so much here, although I, I won't get on that. We should be. If we're doing what we're called to do and doing it boldly, we should be facing some persecution. Okay? But he chose the unpopularity of this rather than the life of ease of an Egyptian prince. He could have had everything. He could have had it all laid out for him, but he chose instead to serve God. He chose the unpopular thing to serve God. And, and, and when we become Christians, when we're saved, we can choose to live that out to the fullest and give God totally everything in our life and commit to him and be obedient in everything he asks. Or we can be saved and just sit there and be content. I'm going to heaven. That's good enough. But I, I want to do everything that God wants me to do. I don't want to be content. Say, yes, I made it. Now I just got to suffer, you know, just be here on earth and just get through some things. I want to go out and do what he's called us to do. And win people to Jesus. So they can have that relationship as well. And I love this about Moses too, that he had full knowledge of what he was doing. He understood what this meant. He gave up everything. To follow God. How many of us can say that? I'm going to give up everything to follow God. I don't need this. I don't need that. I'm just going to follow him. Whatever he wants me to do, I'm going to leave the rest behind. That's what he was doing here. I'm, I'm going to follow God, be fully committed to him and the people of God. Fully committed. I don't think anywhere in here it says Moses decided, uh, Saturday night I was out real late, so I'm going to take a rest and not go to the Lord's temple on Sunday. Fully committed. All right, that was a little dig. Or I had this going on and, you know, I got to get the stew in the oven and all this stuff and the roast. You don't put stew in the oven. <laughs> I got to get the roast in the oven, so I'm staying home today. Okay? Fully committed. <laughs> stew in the oven. <laughs> I need bless, Melvin. <laughs> 
There are worldly pleasures available to us and can be enjoyed, they can be enjoyed for a lifetime. But when you enjoy those things that the world has to offer, you're doing it at the expense of following God. You can have all the fun you want to. You can. But you're sacrificing your relationship with God for it. And Moses didn't want to do that. And you've got to know that these things, these pleasures in life, are temporary. They're temporary. This is not eternal things that you're talking about, that you're celebrating and, and wanting to be a part of. He knew the true value in following God. Moses looked forward to his reward in God more than the temporary enjoyment the world had to offer him. He wasn't going to be deceived by the things of the world. Now, I've got a scale. I wanted to have a life-size one up here. But if I took, let's put it on you today. Let's have some interaction. This side is going to be the things of the world, things that the enemy may, may try to tempt me with that I want to do, and we're just going to start weighing it down, okay? Somebody give me some sins and pleasures that the enemy would like to take us out with and have us do right now instead of serving God. Addiction. Sleep, I don't know about a sin, but you might be neglecting God. Somebody tell me something else. Addiction. Envy. Pride, lust. Anything else? Greed. Hate. We're piling all this. Look, there's a shadow. Here's my scale. We're, we're piling all this stuff on here, okay? Everything that the world tries, the enemy tries to take us down with, we can pile it all on here and have these pleasures and enjoy these things. Enjoy them. Okay? We can have all of this over here. But Moses understood I got all this stuff down here. He understood when, when God steps on this scale, all that stuff's gone, and this is worth everything. Amen. This outweighs anything that the world's going to offer me. And you have to get a hold of that in your life. When you're, you're living in sin and you're choosing sin and you're choosing the pleasures of the world, you have to understand when you accept Christ in your life, this is worth so much more than that. Amen. Your eternity is at stake. This stuff will satisfy and give you pleasure for a little bit, but we're talking about eternity with the Savior of the world in heaven. This outweighs all of that. A relationship with him. And the choices Moses made back then still speak to us today. History has vindicated him. This was the right choice for Moses. We see this. He, he, he made these choices. And it had a lasting effect on God's people then and still now. We read about him. We understand what he did. And it's still being felt by us today. He kept his eyes on the one who was invisible. He had a close relationship with God. God would speak to Moses. Turn to Exodus 33. 33 verse 11. And then we're going to be in Numbers 12. Exodus 33, 11. Making sense so far? Well, that's not promising. <laughs> Exodus 33, 11 says, Inside the tent of meeting, the Lord would speak to Moses face to face as one speaks to a friend. And then Numbers 12, 7 and 8, But not with my servant Moses of all my house. He is the one I trust. I speak to him face to face clearly and not in riddles. He sees the Lord as he is. This close walk with God that, that Moses had sustained him through all the difficult days. We can have that. We can have this close walk with God that no matter what we face, no matter what hard days come our way, we can be sustained from that relationship and closeness with him, no matter what comes our way. 
I, I don't understand how people would want to neglect God for three or four days and then come back to him later on in the week. For me, I can't do that. My mind goes to places it doesn't need to go. I have to. I mean, it's crucial that I spend time with the Lord every single day. It's crucial for you to do that as well, to stay close to him. So when things come up, circumstances come up, you will be sustained in those by him. And that relationship that you're growing, that you're developing. Moses knew that God had promised his people spiritual and eternal blessings. He chose God for his future. He believed God would fulfill all his promises. And and he traded all the earthly treasures that he could have had. He traded those things for everlasting blessings and eternal joy in God. He said, I'd rather have what I have with God than to have these things that the enemy's trying to take me out with. I'd rather choose Jesus. I'd rather choose God in this. And, and like I said before, sin is fun. Rick, don't say that. It is. Why do you think we have that option? It's fun for a season. It could be fun for your whole life. I mean, getting drunk and drinking, it's never happened to me, but everybody tells me it's a blast. I don't see what, <laughs> I don't see what's the blast about that. But again, I'm not, I'm not making fun of or knocking that, but I'm just saying it's, it, everybody tells me it's fun. I mean, you just party it up and just have a great time. Okay? I've, I've never been addicted to drugs, but I've seen the, the pain and hurt and addiction it causes people and how it tears them down. And it may feel good right in that moment. And please don't misunderstand that I'm encouraging you to go sin because it's fun. I'm not saying that. I'm saying it, it can be. It most definitely can be. But I love, I love this quote that says, but sin will take you farther than you want to go. It'll keep you longer than you want to stay. And it's going to cost you more than you want to pay. The longer you do those things that, that the world offers you, the enemy's trying to take you out with, the more you're going to pay for it. But I also love that no matter where I'm at, no matter where you're at, God still will reach down when we commit our life to him and pull us out of that stuff and turn our feet and point us in a different direction toward the cross and we come to him and he breaks those chains off of us. And we don't have to live in that anymore. We have to, and we get to understand that what Jesus offers me, what I can have in him now and eternally outweighs this stuff. And I don't want it anymore. Devil, get off of me. We have that power and authority in him. The pleasures of sin must end quickly with repentance. If not, it will end in ruin for you. I'm going to say it again. The pleasures of sin must end quickly with repentance. A turning away from those things. If not, it will end in ruin for you. And some people may get offended that I preach about sin and what what it could cost you, but I don't care. If I don't speak the truth to you and let you guys know the repercussions of choosing a life of sin, then that's on me. I failed. I'll preach about hell. I'll preach about sin as long as I'm up here. Because people need to know. That you just don't tolerate and accept all these things because God doesn't either. True believers, 
How many of you are true believers? Careful. (laughs) True believers are going to despise sin. To me, that means it's going to physically make you sick to want to choose something instead of God once he's in your life, if you're a true believer. I'm not going to want to go out and party on the weekends if I've committed my life to Christ. If that's you and you want to keep living in sin, then I I have to say, are you a true believer? Because you want to choose things that are going to glorify him. You can't have one foot in and one foot out and think you're going to make it. It's all in. It's committed to him. And Moses chose this. We should despise sin, not even want to be around it. I remember in high school, again, I didn't do the drinking thing, but I went to one party. And I might have shared this before, but I went to a party. And as soon as I walked in, I mean, I was raised in church. As soon as I walked in, I was like, ah. And I felt bad. Like, and I know that was the Holy Spirit saying, what are you doing? You're not supposed to be here. And I, that, I felt that the whole time I was there. Oh, go ahead, Rick. No, no. And I thank God I was strong enough. Thank God that the Holy Spirit was still checking me and saying, oh, you feel that thumping in your chest? Get out of here. When we get to the point where we don't, we don't hear him telling us those things or we don't sense his presence in us saying, stop, stop, stop. You're in a dangerous, dangerous place. But you've ignored him. You've neglected him. You turned your back and you're not hearing him speak into you anymore. We have to despise sin. And by faith we serve We commit, we surrender to God. By faith, we believe the promises found in his word. Faith tells me and says that I believe in God and what he says, even if I can't see him. That's what faith is. We believe God is who he says he is. We have faith in that, even though we can't see him. 2 Corinthians 5, 7. It says, for we walk by faith, not by sight. Simple scripture. We walk by faith, not by sight. And as I thought about that, listen to this. Faith now gives me direct vision towards the things of God and his promises. Okay? In the future, I'm going to have the sight to go along with it. Does that make sense? Faith now gives me direct vision towards the things of God and his promises, in the future, I'm going to have the sight to go with it. That could happen here, but it's for sure going to happen up there. When I'm reunited with my Savior and I see him face to face, that's the future. I'm going to see it. Oh, yes, everything you said. Woo! This is it. I can see it now. And we see it, you know, as we keep that faith and give us that direct vision towards God, the things of God now, in the future, I'm in a struggle right now, in the future, I can see God move and change that situation. Because I walk by faith. I may not see it right now, but in the future, I will as I cling to him. We have to have faith in God, even when we don't see things. Drew, Drew Camp, will you come up here? Will you put this blindfold on, Drew? It looks a little funny, but 
I promise you can't see out of it. And will you go back there by those doors, Drew? After you get back there, then put it on. (laughs) Have some faith, Drew. Here's the thing. There he is. For those of you on camera, you can't see him, but he's in the back of the sanctuary, blindfolded. Can you see me? Okay. Now, Drew, here's here's what we do in faith. Because a lot of things we don't see. We just believe in faith that God will say, well, he'll do what he said he's going to do. He's going to be there for us. He's going to get us through things. He's going to help us navigate things that happen in our life. Right? We have that faith inside of us. All right, Drew, you can't see. Okay? I'm going to have you walk by faith. But you're going to listen to me. I'm going to represent the voice of God. Just playing it. I'm not saying I'm God. Okay? I want you to turn to your right a little bit more. Okay? Take one step back towards the door. Okay, walk forward, Drew. Just keep going, buddy. I'll try not to steer you wrong. How you feeling? <laughs> Drew's walking. He's walking by faith. Who's got faith in right now? Stop, Drew. He's got faith, again, in God's voice, directing his life right now. He can't see where he's going. He can't see the end result of what he's doing, but he's trusting the voice that he hears. Because he's walking by faith, not by sight right now. Turn to your left, Drew. Take one step to your right, Drew. Walk forward. He has no clue where he's going right now. Another half step to your right, Drew. I'm God. I ain't going to steer you wrong. You got to trust. One more step to your right. Come forward. Stop, Drew. This is what God does for us, guys. He can't see a thing, but his faith in God's voice and God's direction for his life is helping him navigate without hurting himself, without hurting others. What what I also like about God is he gives us direction through the Holy Spirit and speaks to us and speaks into us, but he does it in this way as well. Hey, Drew. Right here, sticking closer than a brother. And at times in our life, As we keep that relationship close with God, he speaks right into us with that whisper of what we need to do. And sometimes I even feel like he puts his hand on my shoulder and he guides me and he directs me. Oh, I didn't see that unexpected bill come up. My finances are a mess. Let me get around this. But God helped me through that stuff. Man, I didn't expect these health problems to to try to take me out and, and come up in my life. But, but God is directing me. And he's helping me get around those obstacles. Stop, Drew. There's things in, in relationships that I have that, that have caused some hurt and unforgiveness. Take one step up, Drew. But God helped me through those things. Man, I've been, I've been hurt by the church and I just don't want to be around people anymore because of that. God helps with our forgiveness. Take another step up, Drew. But you don't understand how, how some people treated me. You don't, you don't understand this addiction that's in my life. There's just no way out of it. Take another step up, Drew. But God says, yes, there is. Listen to my voice. Let me help you. Let go of those things. 
but, but, but I just, I don't think I can commit fully to you, God. I, I, there's other things in my life that, you know, I just, I just can't let go of. But when we commit to him and we listen to his voice, take another step up, Drew, he helps us navigate all of that stuff. Everything that comes up and he couldn't see a thing, but he trusted and he had faith and he believed that God would not lead him down a path that wasn't meant for him. All without not seeing the end result, but trusting that he was there. Every single step. And as we keep that relationship close with God, this is what he does for us. I can make it through because my faith is in God. It's not in what I see in front of me, it's in God. And he's never failed me yet. Thank you, Drew. Give him a hand. I love that about God. I love, and he taught me this, and I've told you guys this through the things we went through with Jackson. I told you I got onto Sarah when Jackson started throwing up blood. I'm like, what are you doing? Have faith. God taught me that, that I will be with you. I will help you through whatever you're going through. And I can't imagine doing life without God now. I, I, it hurts me to, to feel that for other people when they're walking through life without him, knowing what he's done in my life he can do for them as well. I want them to experience that. When I make good, godly choices in my relationship with him, my faith will eventually turn into sight as he comes through for me here. or when I see, If he doesn't do another thing for me, it still outweighs all the world has to offer me. Because I'm going to spend eternity with him. That's forever. 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 And I know, you know, there may be some people in here, you're, you're saying, Rick, it's not that easy when you come up in a pro- on a problem. And I agree, it's not easy sometimes. It's very difficult to get through some things in life. Very difficult. And... When I come up on these things now, which I'm in the middle of right now, it's not that I don't care about the situation. I don't want to come off that way. It's, it's, I don't stare at the situation. There's my little cool thing for today. I don't stare at the situation. Okay? I know who's in control of it. I know who's in control of it. And again, it's not that I don't care. I don't stare. You know, I can see it. I can see, Rick, you got a cyst in your esophagus. We're going to have to put a hole in your esophagus. We're going to have to patch it up. But if I sit there and dwell on that, and I did for a couple seconds the other day, but if I sit there and think on that, oh, what could go wrong? Oh, this is bad. Instead of looking beyond that to what God has for me, I'm going to get stuck. And I'm not going to get through that thing like God intends me to get through it. So that's the thing. I don't, I, again, it's not that I don't care. I just don't stare at it. I'm going to look beyond that because he's with me. I have faith in him. I'm trusting him. He's not going to let me down. As my eyes, you know, if I, if I stay, who's going through something right now and you're not afraid to shout it out? Okay. What do you got? Anybody want to shout it out? Fear, rejection, addiction, anything? 
Depression. Okay? Now, depression. Been there. Okay? Here's the thing with that, with anything. Addiction, pornography, whatever you're dealing with. Your eyes have to stay fixed on Jesus. They have to stay fixed on him. You cannot fixate on the problem because you will never get past the problem if your eyes and your heart and your mind are not focused on him. That's where your strength comes from. That's where your help comes from. You've got to focus on him. And you have to understand, whatever I'm facing now in this current season is not my future. Man, when you can stand on that authority, I know I'm in the midst of it right now, but this is not the end. This is not my future. I know what's on the other side of this. So I'm going to keep serving the Lord. I'm going to keep that close relationship with him. I'm going to keep doing what he's called me to do because he won't leave me in the midst of it. The praise team will come back up. There's an old song. You guys probably remember. Called Turn Your Eyes Upon Jesus. I'm not asking you guys to play that. I was going to spring that on you. And it says, look full in his wonderful face. The things of earth will what? Grow strangely dim. As I keep focused in on him and who he is in my life and what he does in my life, everything in the world goes strangely dim. In the light of what? His glory and grace. Man, you mean to tell me that if I choose to focus on my commitment to Christ and my walk with him, that all these things that are trying to take me out, all these things that I might be facing are going to go strangely dim. Yes, because you're in the presence of the Lord and his glory and his grace whenever you're going through those things. You choose that relationship with God over everything else that's going on in your life. You choose that and you keep your faith in him. You guys will stand this morning. And again, I know there's difficult days. And a lot of times, man, I don't, I don't know. I don't know how I'm going to get through this. I don't know what this is really going to look like. But let me tell you and encourage you again, I know who holds the future. He's got us. He's got you. If you are a true believer, he's got you. You stay committed to him. You love him. You serve him. You worship him. You exalt him and magnify him as the number one thing in your life. He will take care of you. You can bow your heads this morning. Father, we just come to you now. God, we thank you for who you are. God, you are the King of kings. You are the Lord of lords. And this morning, God, we can choose. We, can, we have a choice this morning, God. We can totally, we can totally commit our lives to you. Everything, God. Even the things that right now we're struggling with, God, we can turn those over to you and not be fixated on those, Lord, but fixed on you and who you are. 
Lord, we say we serve a great God, but sometimes it's hard for us to believe because, Lord, sometimes we don't walk out our faith. And what I encourage everybody in the house today, God, to walk in faith, to not look at what the situation is and think there's no hope, but to walk in faith and know that the circumstance that they're in right now is not the future with you. So God, as we open up these altars, Lord, if there's anybody in here that doesn't know you, Father, my heart right now is hurting for them. Because God, it's hard. It is super, super difficult to go through life without the Savior Jesus in it. God, the forgiveness that that was brought into my life of things that I was mixed up in, how the shame was erased, how my guilt was erased, how my whole slate was wiped clean because of your son dying for my sins. Lord, if there's somebody in here that doesn't know you, that doesn't know your son as their savior, I pray that they come forward today and become a true believer in him and what he's done for them on the cross. The blood that was shed, the beating that he took was for us. It was for forgiveness of sin. It was for healing in our body, God. And I pray right now that somebody that doesn't know you, Father, would come this morning and make you their savior. And God, we pray right now for hearts that may have turned away from you to come home, to come home. They've had one foot in the world, one foot out. And God, that's no way to serve you. Actually, that makes you sick to your stomach, God. We can't be lukewarm in these times. Father, if there's anybody here that just needs prayer to make right choices with things that are coming up, to be led by you, even though they can't see the outcome, I pray they come, Lord. Have your way in this place as we worship you. Draw people to you, God. Pour out your spirit in this place and do what only you can do. In Jesus' name, amen.
every failure, God, you'll have every victory. up the altar when you start feeling something in your heart kind of tugging on you like oh what's going on that's the Holy Spirit I want you guys to know that and then you have a choice when that happens to move forward to the altar and deal with whatever God's dealing with in your heart and give that to him or you have a choice to stay back and just ignore it I don't recommend the second choice and I know I say this a lot, and it's not meant to scare people. We're not guaranteed another day. So every day you wake up, and when you go to sleep, you thank the Lord, you ask for forgiveness of things that, you know. Let me just say first, Tegan, where you at, Tegan? Right here. She just accepted Christ as her Savior this morning. I'm very proud of her best decision she'll ever make she's going to get a bible after church and we as orchardville church are going to help her in her walk we're going to help train her up and you don't know who she's going to turn into you don't know the the plan that god has for her life for your life what he's going to do through you it's our job to just be obedient and committed all the way to him do what you will in me god wake up every day do what you will in me use me however you want to use me and then walk that out proud of her this morning, Barb Lewis's granddaughter. She came last week. She marked on her little visitor card, I want to know about salvation, and she knows about it now. (laughs) Excited for her. 